You're tuned in to Obvious World on KRUU-FM-LP 100.1, the voice of Fairfield, Iowa, and beyond. Also streaming live on
steps become the seasoned leaps of ballerina dancers and the cunning jumps of kung fu fighters easing calm into baths of great waters warm with juices flowing from the heart of mother goddess
be modified. This is God's will.
Well, I'm afraid that's a little out of my jurisdiction. You, I want more life.
obvious world.
universe was born in the dubious and controversial circumstance called the Big Bang. It was at first simply a pure plasma of electrons. It was the simplest that it could possibly be. There were no atoms, there were no molecules, there were no highly organized systems of any kind. There was simply a pure plasma of expanding energy. And as the universe cooled, simply cooled, new kinds of phenomena, we say, emerged out of the situation. Uh, as the universe cooled, atomic nuclei could form, and electrons could settle into stable orbits. I feel much better now.
You see, none of it was real. It was illusion. Social systems are based on the organization that is animal life, and yet it is more than animal life. So this is a general law of the universe overlooked by science, that out of complexity emerges greater complexity. We could almost say that the universe, nature, is a novelty-conserving or complexity-conserving engine. It makes complexity, and it preserves it, and it uses it as the basis for further complexity. Now, there's more to this than simply that. Your art, your science, it was illusion.
position that modern science will allow us. Spectators to a drama we didn't write, shouldn't expect to understand, and cannot influence.
complexity occurs more quickly than the stage which preceded it. After the initial Big Bang, there was a period of billions of years when the universe cooled, stars condensed, planetary systems formed, and then the quickening process crossed an invisible Rubicon into the domain of animal and biological organization. Well, you see, since the since uh, the rise of Western monotheism, the human experience has been marginalized. We have been told that we were unimportant in the cosmic drama, but we now know from the feedback that we're getting from the impact of human culture on the earth that we are a major factor shaping the temperatures of the oceans, the composition of the atmosphere, the general speed and complexity of speciation on the planet, so forth and so on. A single species, ourselves, has broken from the ordinary constraints of animal nature and created a new world, an epigenetic world, meaning a world not based on gene transfer and chemical uh, propagation and preservation of information, but a world based on ideas, on symbols, on technologies, on tools, on ideas downloaded out of the human imagination and concretized in three-dimensional space.
book, toy book, toy book, toy book. charge of this reject.
duration of time. Thank you. 
change is accelerating. Invention, connection, adumbration of ideas, mathematical algorithms, connectivity of people, social systems. This is all accelerating furiously and under the control of no one. Not the Catholic Church, the Communist Party, the IMF, uh, uh, no one is in charge of this process. This is what makes history so interesting. It's a runaway freight train on a dark and stormy night. This is why I'm not particularly sympathetic to uh, conspiracy theory. Because I can't make the leap to faith that would cause you to believe anyone could get hold of the beast enough to control it. I mean, uh, uh, conspiracies, of course, we have conspiracies up the kazoo, but none of them are succeeding. They're all being swept away, compromised, astonished by new information, and endlessly agonized. <clears throat> Thank you.
lifted out of the plane of cultural assumptions and can look down with the kind of godlike understanding that one obtains when one flies in an airplane over a landscape previously only viewed from the ground.
kind of conquest of dimensionality. The earliest forms of life were probably slimes of some sort, stabilized on a clay surface, immobile, unable to perceive light, with no sense of time, merely a, a, a fingernail or a toehold in existence. And then if you look at the entire fossil record, what you see is the evolution of senses, sensory perceptors and organs of locomotion. The perceptors, the eye, the hand, bring into the cognitive field the sense of things at a distance. And then language provides models for these things at a distance. Similarly, fins, legs, so forth, means of locomotion carry us through space. This is a journey of dimensionality. And essentially what animals are that plants are not are life forms mobile in a very conscious way in the spatial dimension. This is why, from the point of view of evolutionary biologists, animals are somehow more advanced than plants. Well, if conquest of dimensionality is the um, criteria then notice that we, again, occupy a special and privileged position in nature because we can not only run with the best of them, see with the best of them, but we can remember and anticipate like crazy. And other animals are not doing this. Other animals may imprint past situations of danger or analyze experience and extrapolate it toward the hidden domain of the future. And consciousness is the generalized word that we use for this coordination of complex perception to create a world that draws from the past and builds a, a model terms with. 
And this is the third item, or, or really the second item in the list, what science forgot. It's what I call the eschaton. Now, eschaton is a rare word uh, until very recently unheard outside schools of theology, which I understand were a dying enterprise. Uh, eschaton comes from the Greek word esk, which just means the end. The eschaton is the last thing, the final thing. And it's very important to science to eliminate from its thinking any suspicion that this eschaton might exist, because if it were to exist, it would impart to reality a purpose, you see. If the eschaton exists, then it's like a goal, or an attraction point, or an energy sink toward which historical process is being moved. And science is incredibly hostile toward the idea of purpose. If you are not involved in the sciences, this may come as somewhat of a surprise to you. If you are a workbench scientist or a theoretician, you know that this is what's called the problem of teleology. It is because uh, modern science defined itself in the 19th century when the reigning philosophy was deism. And deism was the idea that the universe is a clock made by God, and God wound this clock and has walked away from it, and the clock will eventually run down. That theological construct was poisonous to evolutionary theory in the 19th century, and so they said, we must that does not require a goal, does not require a purpose. Everything must be pushed from the past. Nothing must be pulled toward the future. Uh, the problem with this is that it does not um, fulfill our intuitions about reality. We can see that evolution, biological evolution, has built on chemical systems. We can see that social and historical systems build on biology. As people with open minds, or as open as they can be inside this culture, we nevertheless have this intuition of purpose. And it is uh, dramatically underscored by the psychedelic experience, which takes the raw material of your life, your culture, your history, and tells you this is not an existential mishmash to be lived out with dignity because there's nothing else to be done with it, some kind of Camusian why not affirmation. It says no. It says, you know, your, your reality is a coherent cosmos and embedded in your own sense of identity, embedded in your own sense of purpose, is a microscopic reflection of the larger purpose that is built into the universe. Now, I, and I, this is not just, you know,
know, blowing smoke in the sense of it's a nice idea or it's like a religious idea like saying Jesus loves you and so feel all right about yourself. It isn't like that. It's, it's a theory about reality that has teeth because reality is actually following the script that this particular version of reality dictates. Reality is accelerating toward an unimaginable omega point. We are the inheritors of immense momentum in our social systems, our philosophical and scientific and technological approaches to the world. Because we're driving the historical vehicle with a rearview mirror, it appears to us that we're headed straight into a brick wall at a thousand miles an hour. It appears that we are destroying the earth, polluting the atmosphere, wrecking the oceans, dehumanizing ourselves, robbing our children of a future, so forth and so on. I believe what is in fact going on is that we are burning our bridges one by one. We're burning our bridges to the past. We cannot go back to the mushroom-dotted plains of Africa or the canopied rainforests of five million years ago. We can't even go back to the era of, of uh, uh, Cayuse and Six Shooter of 200 years ago. We have burned our bridges. We are preparing for a kind of cultural forward escape. And this question, you know, is there cause for optimism? The answer is it depends on where you placed your bets. You know, if you placed your bets on uh, uh, male-dominated institutions based on consumer fetishism, propaganda, classism, and materialism, then God help you, you should call your broker. If on the other hand, uh, you've recognized that a, a lifeboat strategy is involved here, that what is really important is uh, empowering personal experience. Straight before the eyes of simple, honest folk of every land.
your subconscious. for the eye. There's a lot of 
culture is being uh, sold down the river to the, by the sorts of people who want to turn the entire planet into an international airport arrival concourse. And that's not the victory of somebody's culture over somebody else's culture. Nobody ever had a culture like that. That's just a cult, the victory of schlockmeisterism and crapola over good taste and good sense. Well, if I were, um, if I were dependent on the notion that human institutions are necessary to pull us out of the ditch, I would be very despairing. As I said, nobody's in charge, not the IMF, the Pope, the Communist Party, the Jews, no, 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 nobody has their finger on what's going on. So then why hope? Isn't it just a runaway train out of control? I don't think so. I think the out of controlness is the most hopeful thing about it. After all, whose control is it out of? You and I never controlled it in the first place. Why are we anxious about the fact that it's out of control? I think if it's out of control, then our side uh, is winning. To me, the, the, the most confounding datum of the psychedelic experience is this thing, which I call the eschaton. And I want to talk about it a little bit this evening because I think it is the hardest thing for people to grasp about my particular rap. And, you know, sometimes I've talked to many of you about psychedelic plants, shamanism, techniques, chemistry, approaches, so forth and so on. I, I'm approaching this this evening as a graduate seminar. I figure everybody has their little mojo kit and their particular way of approaching these things. And then the question is, you know, what kind of conclusions can we draw? And the conclusion I draw is, and this is sort of pulling together what I said before, we are central to the human drama and to the drama of nature and process on this planet. The opposition, which is science, uh, well, first let me say this. Every, every model of the universe has a hard swallow. What I mean by a hard swallow is a place where the argument cannot hide the fact that there's something slightly fishy about it. The hard swallow built into science is this business about the Big Bang. Now let's give this a little attention here. This is the notion that the universe, for no reason, sprang from nothing in a single instant. Well, now before we dissect this, notion, now notice that this is the limit test for credulity. Whether you believe this or not, notice that it is not possible to conceive of something more unlikely or less likely to be believed. I mean, I defy anyone. It's just the limit case for unlikelihood that the universe would spring from nothing in a single 
Winston for no reason? I mean, if you believe that, my family has a bridge across the Hudson River that will give you a lease option for five dollars. Uh, it, it makes no sense. It is, in fact, no different than saying, and God said, let there be light. And what the philosophers of science are saying is, give us one free miracle. And 